our Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We're going to turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start in verse number 8. Again, Merry Christmas to all of you. Welcome you. Thank you for coming this morning, for spending a little bit of time. I hope this morning I will be able to impart something in your life to do something to cause you to get closer to Jesus Christ. That, that's what it's about, to get a little closer to God, get a better relationship with him, and be ready for when he returns. We know that Jesus Christ is coming back for a people, a church. Do we know that? Or are we just traditionally just, this is just the right thing, so we do it. But do we really know he's really coming back one day? He is coming back. Amen. And we got to be ready. We used to sing a song, I want to be ready when he comes. Uh, yes, want to be ready for his return. Luke chapter 2, to my elders, I esteem you highly, Mr. Thomas, Mrs. Thomas, Mrs. A Ms. Allen, Ms. Ambersley. Y'all get the um, official, you know, hello, I esteem you. Mr. Fox. I'm supposed to say Mr. Stanley, but we hadn't we handled that already. <laughs> we handled that already. I appreciate him. Amen. Luke. Chapter two. Brother Luke, you in the house? See Luke smiling this morning. He don't smile all the time. So when Luke smiles, it's a big thing. Him and Sam. When him and Sam smile, it's big. <laughs> I'm gonna mess with everybody today. It's Christmas. You know, they mess with you on Christmas. Hallelujah. All right, Luke chapter 2. Sister Mina, Lance, we're so glad you're worshiping with us this morning. Thank you for being here with us. We love you. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. What it means is they're watching their flock Throughout the night, throughout the night, overnight, they were in the field with their flock. Verse 9 says, and lo, look at it, the angel, singular, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you Good tidings of great joy. Good tidings of great joy. The angel is saying, I bring you the good news, which is the gospel message, and it will bring joy to your soul. This is why we find ourselves saying joy, joy, joy to the world. We can only experience joy because Jesus came. There is no way to experience joy if Jesus didn't come. And because he came, now we can experience joy. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The shepherd was the first ones to experience the joy. But they, the angel went on to say, but everybody will experience this joy. Verse 11, for unto you is telling you why the joy is here. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. 
And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly, check it out now. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass as the angels, now it's plural. See how you read your Bible? So one angel came and gave the news. And as he gave the news, eventually the news was so powerful that other angels came. It says other hosts of heaven came and they worshiped. And they began to become excited. And they were filled with joy. So this is telling us something. The announcement of the birth of Jesus brought joy to the world. The announcement of the birth of Jesus caused peace and goodwill and excitement to come to the earth. And the angels taught us that, that because the birth of Jesus Christ was at hand, we were supposed to be in awe and in just great spirits. The angels. So now... All the angels, and it came to pass, all the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord had made known unto us. When God makes something known unto you, there's something that he's asking you to do. God don't ask, the, God don't reveal things to you and say, but don't do anything. I'm just showing it to you. That's, that's probably something we would do. I'm just letting you know. You know, we like to say, I'm just telling you. No, don't just tell me. There's something behind why God is showing us something. And if we're going to be like Jesus, if you're going to tell us, then guess what? There's something behind it. Matthew chapter 2 verse 11 says, And when they were come into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. If you read that story thoroughly and not for holiday reasons, man, it, it, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's deep. It's, it's, it's provoking for what happened the very first time when it was revealed that Jesus Christ was being born. We have moved so far away from what the whole purpose and meaning was. And when Jesus was born, joy and peace and, 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 and goodness and the gospel came to men and their whole deal was we got to worship him. It was all about worshiping him because Messiah, the Savior, has come to give us hope. For without him or without him coming, there was no hope. And so from the very beginning, it was about worship to God. It was never about let's have gifts. Let's, let's go to the mall. Let, let, let's, let's, let's buy some gifts for each other. Let, let's throw in some Kwanzaa. You know, we, you know, Kwanzaa started in what, what 1968. We, we, we make up, we make up stuff now. I ain't trying to talk bad about nobody. I'm just telling you what we do. That, that, the, that the birth of Jesus was supposed to be a celebration of him being born. 
Messiah has come as he had promised us. Now here he is. And we have made it into so many different things. You may be seated. I just want to talk to you today about worshiping with shepherds and wise men. Worshiping with shepherds and wise men. Listen to this. What a glorious night for the shepherds. While they were watching their flocks, an angel appeared to them and told them of the birth of Jesus. Their response was decisive and filled with excitement as they said one to another, let us go. Let us go. I know God is present everywhere. But I know one thing since I've been involved with going to church. I know this, that when we all come together and we worship God together, there's something that transpires, something takes place. And, and we usually get a chance to experience the presence of God even more than when we're by ourselves. Unless there is a personal visitation from God, when we come together, there is a presence that will come among us as we worship the Lord together and so I believe it is so fascinating and so important and, and and so right that every chance we get we need to come together and worship the Lord somebody need to clap their hands and just worship the Lord with me this morning every chance we get when the shepherd heard that Jesus Christ was born they left what they were doing and they went because of their elation at the announcement of the birth of Jesus, they left their flocks behind so they can go and worship. Does Jesus being born and living today make you elated? Does that make you happy? Does that make you joyful? And I think that it does and it should and we ought to be thankful and we ought to praise God because if he never came in flesh, we wouldn't have the opportunity we have today to be saved. We couldn't have been saved without Jesus Christ coming to the earth. That's why it says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior. God don't do stuff for no reason. And if he said he is the savior, what does it mean? We need a savior. Right, Brother D? We need a savior. And so, listen to this. Now, this is fascinating. This is fascinating. The announcement of the birth of Jesus was first revealed to shepherds. Not to kings, not to the people that you would think are profound, that are deep in the word. It was first revealed to shepherds. And if you do research, you will see that being a shepherd was kind of like a lowly job. Eh, you wasn't important. You wasn't special. Remember, remember when, 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 uh, um, what's his name? Samuel went to David's father's house when God had told him that David will be king, go and anoint him. He went, he didn't tell him David, he said one of his um, son uh, would be anointed. And he says, go and anoint him. And when he went to the house, he says, where's your sons? And he brought all his sons that was special. And then he says, is there another son? He said, oh, yeah, David, he's in the field with the sheep, with the flock. So it meant that, what David was doing wasn't important. 
to them. Now, it was important because that's their livestock and, and it needed to be taken care of. But it, it, it wasn't important. David, you stay out there. And he was like a cast out from the brothers. But it's interesting that God revealed or announced the news to shepherds and not the king. He revealed it first to shepherds. The first bloodshed in the Bible. The first bloodshed in the Bible was of a shepherd. Abel was a shepherd. The first death that we read in the Bible was done to Abel, a shepherd. The greatest king that ever lived, his name was David. He was Jesus was known as the good Bible is trying to tell us something from from the very beginning of the Old Testament in Genesis all the way up to Jesus Christ is telling us something about shepherds. Let me tell you what it's telling us about shepherd. God will always reveal, Brother Darrell, his secrets to people of humble character. God will always reveal what he's doing to people that will be humble, to people that are caring for others. God is only interested in people. And if we're going to be interested in people and we're going to be humble, God will come and tell us things that he won't tell to nobody else because he's showing us that, that he's a God of using people that will be humble, people that will be caring about one another. And that's why to me today, Christmas is so important to, to give gifts, not to give gifts because you have money to spend, uh, but to be a, a person that says, I love you. I care about your well-being. I, I want to give something to you. I want to be a blessing to you. And that's why I'm giving to you. That's what it's about. Uh, I'm not here to give so I can receive something, uh, but I'm giving because I care so much and I love you. Uh, and it's not no strings attached. It's not anything else, but just loving you. And that's why I'm giving. God reveals secrets to people that are humble, to people that care about people. If you don't care about people and you're not humble, don't he you won't hear from God. God revealed the great announcement of the Messiah to shepherds. What a God we serve. When the wise men arrived, they had brought treasures with them. The shepherds didn't carry anything with them. They just went, this is all we are. We don't have anything. We're, we're people just don't have a whole lot. But when the wise men went to see him, they brought treasures. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Yeah, they did. They presented these gifts to Jesus as an act of worship. Can I tell you this in case we don't realize? I know we come together as a church family and we will worship the Lord. We will lift our hands. We will do all sort of things. That is worship, yes. But here is another form of worship. How you live your life will be considered worship if you live it as worship. Amen. 
Oh, somebody. Your life could be a life of worship to God. If you live your life of continual giving to God, that is worship. And you can live a life of pure worship every day, all day. If every day you wake up and all you're saying is, God, I give this life to you. God, I give myself to you. God, I give whatever you have given me, I give. And that's a life of worship. God will tell you secrets if you live that kind of life. Humble and just care about people. You know, divert and tell the ladies something. We have a ladies conference coming up in May. I think May 25th, 26th, and 27th. Somewhere around there. And I was listening to, um, I was listening to something on YouTube yesterday. So I'm putting in all kind of stuff because I, you know, I love me um, the Pentecostals of Alexandria, and I put their information in, and I'm trying to listen to music, and all of a sudden, I was able to punch up. This is the title: Apostolic Testimony by Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton. I said, hmm. I, I know Anthony Mangan, know Bill Clinton. And so I start listening to it. And man, he does know him. He know him real good. <laughs> when he had his biggest trial, Anthony Mangan called Bill Clinton and said, listen, we're friends. You know I love you. I'm coming up to the White House. 20 minutes and I'm leaving. Clinton said, 20 minutes? No, no, no. You can just come and hang. And he said, nope. I'm coming for 20 minutes. And Clinton said, you're going to drive up from Alexandria, Louisiana, to the White House and only spend 20 minutes. He said, 20 minutes. Him and his wife got in the car. They drove to Washington, D.C. They got in, and while they were there, Anthony Mangan laid hands on Clinton and prayed for him. Mickey Mangan sung a song to him, and it just blew him away. Blessed him, and they just left. They, they friends. They real friends. I've never seen anything like it, but they real friends. Clinton talked about how... Mickey Mangan's father and Clinton was tight back in Arkansas. So that's how they knew each other. From When Clinton was 30 years old, he was the attorney general in Arkansas. I didn't all know all these things. See how God just do things for you, make you look smart. I didn't know all this stuff, but I'm listening. But here is what really blew me away. Because I knew a little bit of those stories. This is a story I didn't know. Clinton said, in 1996... At my first inauguration, this lady sang. What Mickey? This lady sang, because Clinton is trying to tell you he's connected to the apostolics. This is what he says in the thing. You can listen to it if you ever can punch it up on YouTube. He says, I know these people, these apostolic people. I can vouch for them. He says, this lady sang at my inauguration in 1996, and she sang so well. Listen to this. He says, Barbara Streisand was behind me. And tap me and say, who in the world is this woman singing like this? I feel something. Something is happening. Clinton turned around and says, this is Janice, Janice Sostrand. Janice Sostrand is who's doing your ladies conference in May. Blew me away. I said, oh, snap. I didn't even realize that this woman was just out there like that. Why did I tell you that? Because 
I believe God has given this church a whole lot of favor for whatever God is doing. I don't know why. The other day, I got a text message from two of our leaders in the organization. And they said, Brother Wyatt, are you going to apply for the Christmas price money? I said, not really. I wasn't thinking about it. I figured, you know, when it's time for us to buy a building, maybe you guys will help us. And so I, I didn't plan to do it. Around in some days in amazement. I'm just like, what is this all about? Sometimes I cry. I get nervous. I get worried and scared. I don't understand it. Y'all don't understand. I don't understand it sometimes, Brother Clark. I'm just like, God, is something wrong? You, you know, like when something is too good to be true, you're like, no, no, no. Something is wrong. Something must, must be getting ready to go bad because I don't understand this. I walk around like that all the time. And I don't tell anybody. I just walk around saying, I don't understand. Why is this going on? But God will reveal things. He will do things for us when, here's the catch, when we are humble and we care about people. That's what I'm trying to say. When we humble and we care about people, God will do those things for us. And so, the wise men brought stuff. So while the shepherds left their flocks behind to go and worship Jesus, the wise men traveled a long way bringing treasures with them when they came to worship Jesus. What does worship involve? What does worship involve? And I'm going to be done by 12 o'clock. What does worship involve? At times, worship involves us leaving some things behind. Like the shepherds did, and at other times, worship involves us bringing some things with us. So this is the contrast. The wise men brought stuff with them. The shepherd left some stuff behind them. And God is trying to point out to us today that both came to worship, and both worship, and worship properly. But there are some times when we're going to worship that we got to leave stuff behind and go with ourselves just stripped naked in front of was all about was worship if we knew what worship did i think we would worship more but i think can i can i tell you something pentecostals if i got one issue with us here's the issue that i got with us i never see us worshiping god smiling Marquis, we, we're worshiping God. He's good to us. We need to be like, man, God, you're so good. I'm just so excited. Oh, hallelujah. I wish we could worship God with a smile, with joy, with happiness, with excitement, and not like we've been baptized in lemon juice. <laughs> so we got to take some things with us. And sometimes we just got to go on our own, leave everything behind. 
How difficult do you think it was for the shepherds to leave their flock? Jesus says he left the 90 and 9. Man, when you get in the word of God, I'm sorry sometimes. Maybe I, I, sometimes I probably need to slow down. I don't know if I'm going over your head sometimes, but I just, I, just, I, just, I just love the word of God. And so when I see the shepherd left their flock to go worship him, it made me think Jesus says, I left the 99 and went after the one. And that, that, that's just how we operate. He's trying to teach us something about one person's life, one soul, how important it really is, how important one soul. We can't ignore anybody. We have to look at everybody because every soul really matters. And that's what the Messiah, that's what the Master, the Savior taught us. That is important for every soul. Yes, I know it was baby Jesus. But man, they left their flock. Now, without their flock, they can't eat. That's their hustle. That's their livelihood. But they left the flock to go worship. I wonder if they might have thought, if that's the Messiah, and we go and worship him, I'm sure he'll take care of everything else that we need taken care of. That's probably a hidden message in that, Brother Clark. We get concerned... I got to go hurry up and go because I can go all over the place about this. But, but here's the message. The Lord says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Unfortunately, we're not listening to that. We're seeking everything and hoping that we'll get to the kingdom eventually. He said, seek ye first the kingdom. But what we do is we seek everything else. But we got to get what God is telling us. He said, listen, you think I'm going to leave you hanging? You think I'm going to let those shepherds leave their inheritance and all that they really have to come worship me and when they come back, they won't have what they need? That would let me look bad. If God lets you lose everything while you're serving him, that would make him look bad. And he is not in the business of looking bad. He is in the business of saving people, which means he always has to make sure. This is why the Bible says God owes no man. You know why he owes no man? Because he wants us to know if you follow me, you're surely going to be blessed. If you follow me, you're certainly going to experience joy and love and peace and joy. You will certainly experience these things if you follow me. And he has to make sure that we experience those things. So guess what? If we will leave everything behind and just follow after Jesus, he will see to it that everything you need, you will have it. Jesus will save us a whole lot of time and misery if we follow him. When we go to worship God, he will tell us stuff and give us direction. And it will save us so much time. Sometimes we just spin it in circles. Trying to get things done. And it's because we don't know what to do. Oh man, I don't know what to do. God. Lord, help me, Lord. And we, nothing getting done. Because we're trying to do it as opposed to just going to worship the Lord. What is worship? Miriam Webster tells us that worship is to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, or devotion. Worship can mean showing adoration, having a feeling of profound love and admiration, and to love without question or even loving excessively. Our love for God should be manifested in our worship. 
Not only does our worship honor God, but there is nothing more fulfilling as a human being in the, than being in the presence of God. I got to tell you, if you ever get caught up in the presence of God because you're worshiping him, I'm telling you, when you get out of that presence, nothing seems to even matter. The things that was bothering you before you got into worship, before you got into a connection with him, nothing really matters because worshiping God empowers you. Whatsoever you worship will empower you. Whatever you worship will overtake you. And guess what? Everything else you worship outside of God has no power, has no authority, but God is all powerful he is sovereign he's all-knowing and if he consumes us then it's all right if he overshadows us it's all right if he overtakes us it's all right just go ahead and worship him and let him let me tell you something i was praying yesterday i was praying yesterday right here praying here is god's challenge with us Because we are not in awe of who God is, we cannot affect nobody. Right here, I was praying. He says, if my people will be in awe of me, when they stand before other people, the awe that's within them will transfer to those people and people will begin to repent. People will begin to worship. People will begin to drop to their knees. People will begin to come to church when we walk around in the awe of God and who he is. And when we stand before people, they're going to say, there's something going on with you. I need to know what it is that's going on. Can you tell me? And you're going to be like, Jesus, the Savior, the one that was born, the one that came out of heaven and manifest himself as human. He is the one. And if we live in awe of who he is, people will begin to be drawn to us. If people are not being drawn to us, we have lost the awe of who he is. We're not living in the awe of who he is. And if we want people to be drawn to him, we have to live in the awe. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Worship must first begin with the knowledge, the revelation of who God really is. And so if we're going to get to a place of true worship, we must know who we're worshiping. We must understand him. And that's very important. True biblical worship will satisfy us completely so we do not have to shop around for man-made substitutes. God created us to worship. And we're going to worship one way or another. Did you know that? The way our God created us, he created us to be worshipers. We're going to worship something or someone. The question is who or what? But you're going to worship. It can be your career. It can be your money. It can be your children. It can be your family. Amen. I got to get out of here. 
my sports people. Whenever a coach or a manager get fired, the owner tend to hire another coach or a manager that's the total opposite. Sports people know that. So that's a trend that we've always seen. So if you're a manager that's quiet and you don't say much and you get fired, they're going to hire one that's just outspoken and loud and, and they always do that. We have heard for years the family structure is broken down. Family structure is broken down. We need to get the family stuff together. And it probably took until this year or a year before to realize that's true. You know what we're doing now? Family is more important than Jesus. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I, I watch these things all the time. And I'm like, okay. God is not telling us to make family more. He's just saying your family's important and you need to make sure you lead your family in godliness, in all these great example ways of how Christ wants us to live. But he didn't mean put your family before me. And, and now we find ourselves, oh, my family. My family too. But they ain't going before Jesus. I know that sounds horrible to some people. No, I, I love my family. Y'all know how I feel about my family. But they don't come before Jesus. Jesus is the one that keeps breath in my lungs, not my family. So we got to be careful that we don't do like those, these owners of these teams, fire people, and then now we all the way to the left. So, okay, now I know family's important. Now family's just more important than God. No, don't go all the way to the left. Go down the middle. Live a balanced life. Love your family, but don't love them more than Jesus. Take care of your family, but don't take care of them better than Jesus. The shepherds were being summoned to a higher place of worship and adoration than they had ever been. I'm going to finish up here and tell you this. When they went to worship the Lord, the wise men, they took some stuff with them. We said frankincense, gold, frankincense, and mirth. And so they went to worship him. God is so powerful that things just always seems to work right in order as he would have it. He just works that way where everything just work right in order. Gold, frankincense, and mirth was almost prophetic in the gift that they brought to him. And I don't even know if they realized it. Sister Brenda, they brought gold. Gold may have represented his royalty. Uh-huh. He is the king of the Jews. As a matter of fact, he is the king of kings. The wise men may have recognized this, but who knows? They did completely bypass Herod, who was king. They didn't give Herod gold. But when they went to worship Jesus, they brought gold. That's telling us something. Then they brought frankincense. Frankincense, which was an aromic incense. This may have represented his divinity. He truly was God in the flesh, thereby making him qualified to offer himself as a sacrifice. So they brought something that, that, that kind of guided that one day he was going to sacrifice his life. 
Then they brought Murph. Murph was a perfume used during the embalming process. This may have represented in a prophetic manner the future death and burial of Jesus Christ. Mirth may have represented his suffering and humanity. They brought gifts, and all three gifts had prophetic significant meaning. So here he is. I'm finishing up here. The wise men worship based on their God-given revelation of him. We have to worship God based on our God-given revelation. Do you know who he is? Do you know who you're worshiping? Oh, my God. Sometimes, Shaquasia, I get lost in talking about God. I got to the prison Friday when I started ministering. I got lost in talking about God when I thought about who he is, when I thought about his greatness and how powerful and how magnificent and what he can do and he is unstoppable and that he's all powerful and that nothing, uh, nothing can stop him. Nothing can stop his will from doing it. He is the one that's keeping me living. I thought about him laying down his life and then picking it back up. I thought about him uh, ascending to heaven and no, no machine or engine was on him. No wings or anything. He just descended out of our, oh my God. I started thinking. Uh, he said he knew me before I was even formed in the womb of the belly of my mother I started thinking about all of these things I'm like who is this God that we don't worship him we need to worship God because of who he is the revelation of who he is today we're talking about Christmas because of who he is everything about this God that we serve is just it's worth it to serve him it's worth it to act like a fool for him it's worth it to make him superior to everything else in your life it's worth it it's worth it we know it's worth it because if we didn't go to church and we got sick we still call on his name we know it's worth it because things happen to us and all we say is oh God we know it's worth it because we always call on Jesus whether we live in holy or not righteous or not we're calling on Jesus we know it's worth it we know it and if we will stop and realize who he is I walked around for the past couple of days with this in my heart, knowing who he is, that should compel, propel. I mean, we need to take a minute sometimes and just get aside and just say, oh, great and mighty God. Oh, God, you are to be worshipped. Oh God, you are magnificent and miraculous. God, oh my Lord, you created all this stuff and one day you're coming back for us. You have everything under your control. Who are you? I think I know you, but I'm still asking, who are you? I know I know who he is, but he is so deep and so vast that I'm still saying, I know I know, but I don't know. Oh, y'all ain't get that. I know, I know, but I still don't know because what he does, it is unexplainable at times. How does this awesome presence of God become a baby? God impregnated a woman and she gave birth. This God that he is the one that controls the whole world. He is the one that's bigger than the world. The world is contained in him. 
Do you understand that? That God is bigger than the world. The world is contained in God. How is that possible? Our revelation of who he is should cause us Oh, man, we shouldn't even think about. We should just sometimes just, we should find ourselves just oftentimes breaking off worshiping God. We should find ourselves just breaking off just, just God, I praise you. We should find ourselves a time to say, Jesus, you are Lord. Oh, God, there is no problem that he can't fix. There's no situation that he can't work out. There is nothing, nothing that we have need of. Listen, we may be idiots and crazy and have children and can't take care of them and don't know how we're going to provide for them, but that ain't God. God didn't bring us here and then scratching his head said, oh Lord, they done did something. I don't know how to take care of it. God didn't bring us here to say, I don't understand what they're doing. Oh God, what do I do? God is not like us as parents saying, I ain't never seen this before. No, there is nothing surprising to God. He didn't create us and not know how to take care of us. What do you think you got that God can't take care of? Somebody tell me. But I'm going to tell you this. We act like there's some things he can't take care of. <laughs> we act like there's some things he can't take care of. But there's nothing that we're dealing with that God cannot take care of. All right. I'm done. The other day, my car has been acting up. Catholic converters are gone. And so sometimes the car only goes 20 miles an hour. When I'm doing good, it go up to about 45 miles an hour. And I'm laughing. I'm trying to find a car. I can't find a car with right price, right this, right that, right everything. And so I'm just trying to put put around. Me and my kids was coming from Starbucks this morning. I stopped at the light and the car, and the car was vibrating. And so they started, they started, we just, just started making fun like, oh, my voice is trembling because the car is vibrating. And, My, my wife thought it was kind of funny that the car wasn't rolling. I was here at church this morning. I got a call from Sister Patrice. Your wife's car will not start. Can you come and get us? I said, am I 25 miles an hour? Yeah, I'll come. <laughs> here is what I'm trying to tell you. It's Christmas morning. We're trying to come to church, and none of us really got a car. And it didn't even matter because I know the God that I serve. It didn't even matter. I'm like, God, I know I'm going to have a car one of these days. I'm going to get a car. We're going to be fine. But I'm not worried about it because I know who you are. My God is able. He's wonderful. He's our provider. And he's our savior. Will you stand to your feet today? God is worthy to be praised. This is what Christmas is all about, is to celebrate him. Listen, don't be intimidated. If somebody celebrate Hanukkah, say, listen, I respect what you celebrate, but I'm celebrating Jesus, the birth of Jesus, who Jesus is. That's what I'm celebrating. Don't you back down. Don't you worry about a thing. We're celebrating Jesus. Let everybody, let everybody know we're celebrating Jesus. We're not worried about a thing. We're celebrating Jesus. Celebrate him today. Let people know who he is. I love him. He's everything to me. I just want God to know today. He's everything to me. Let him know today he's everything to you.
Clap your hands onto the Lord. Minister Scarlett, come on and take our offering and we'll get out of here. I'll, I'll just walk around and pass, around, pass out some gifts. Amen. Remember, we got to do this and all that stuff. So tell them to bring that in the offering at the same time. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Let's just give the Lord a round of applause, everybody. Amen. Thank God for a wonderful word this morning that we heard this morning. Oh, God is an awesome God. Amen. Amen. We're going to invite the usher to work the way help. If you need a envelope, just wave your hands. The ushers will be glad to uh, get your tithes envelope. Amen. 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 Remember, if you want to pay electronically, it's to my right, to your left. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with us as we pray this morning. Amen, 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 amen. Bow your heads as we pray. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you one more time, Lord God, for this time of giving, Lord. As we're about to receive this morning's offering, Lord God, we ask your blessing, Lord God. As the scripture says, it's more blessed to give than to receive, Lord God. We thank you for your blessings, oh God. We ask you to bless those who have to give. Those who have not likewise, make a way so they can be a blessing in your kingdom. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Starting from the rear, bring your tithes and offering with a smile unto the Lord. Give the Lord your best gift this morning. Don't forget if you have your Christmas for Christ, you can also put that in the tithes and offering this morning. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time. To praise the Lord. Oh, it's time to praise the Lord. For don't, don't you wait. It might be too late. It's time. Before you're seated for another minute, we're going to be dismissed shortly. But I'm going to ask Brother Darrell, he's going to come by us at this time. Amen. Sister Parker, the Parkers. Amen. Sorry. I'm sorry. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. The, uh, just 
in the in the business world, uh, secular world, the success of an organization is often measured by uh, the leader's ability to uh, to create a high performance climate by developing his people and often by effective communication and building effective relationships with people. Amen. And I say these things because in, these things are written. These are all principles that are written in the Bible, and we have an awesome man of God.